Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by my co-host, Cam, uh, the chairman, Stephen Vincent, unable, unfortunately, to make it on with us this week. Uh, a lot of wrestling news to talk about, it seems like, and it seems like we had a decent amount of stuff to talk about even before yesterday. And then, of course, the big news coming out that Vince McMahon is reinstating himself to the uh, board of directors for the WWE uh, do not ask me to get into all of the Wall Street stock stuff. All I know is that he has enough what's called Class B stock, I believe, to reinstate himself to the board and make financial decisions because apparently the WWE TV rights deal is coming up and he's also getting ready apparently for the WWE to be sold. So he wanted to reinstate himself to the board and get all of his ducks in a row. He's apparently, according to a couple of people, not going to be involved in the creative process and the day-to-day operations. Of course, this is Vince McMahon we're talking about, so who knows what the hell is going to happen. But, you know, of course, it has people talking, has people probably in the WWE on edge. It's got Tony Khan tweeting, oh, everybody's been nice to me today at work. I wonder why. Uh, so just a crazy behind-the-scenes day that happened yesterday in the WWE. Uh, like I said, the rumor is that he's not involved in creative, so we can still get Triple H being in charge booking shows. I'm sure William Regal had PTSD yesterday where he saw the news of Vince coming back. So just a whole whirlwind of stuff to take in with that over the last 24 to 36 hours. So just, Cam, I'll just ask you first, what, did you, what the hell do you think is going on here? I think Vince is bored. Uh, I think he's bored. I think he just wants wants that action back. Um, I don't give a shit if he sits on the board. As long as he doesn't actually touch the product, I don't care. I don't care who sits in the boardroom. I couldn't even tell you those other five or six people's names that sit on the board. I have no idea who they are. They're probably just Wall Street types. I don't care. Um, Vince wants Vince probably fancies himself, fancies himself a great negotiator. So he wants to come in, negotiate the deal with with Fox or USA or whoever they're trying to negotiate a deal with. And I mean, like I said, I don't really care. He doesn't touch creative. He doesn't touch who's who's on the roster, who's not on the roster. As long as he doesn't do anything like that and come in and undo everything Triple H has done the last year, I mean, I see no issue with it. I mean, you mentioned Tony Khan again. Tony, the AEW can't go a fucking week without mentioning the WWE. Uh, between Tony Khan and the acclaimed, I think they should just go work for the WWE at this point since they're just so in love with it. It's like the it's like a passive aggressive person who tells you they don't really like um you know i don't like wrestling and blah 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 but they go home and secretly watch wrestling by themselves because they they're too afraid to admit it or something um i mean it is what it is as long as he doesn't come in stepping on toes and he doesn't you know ruin anything then who cares and as long as he doesn't sell it to the saudis because i saw something about the saudis buying it and that would be i mean that realistically that would be peak WWE is for the Saudis to come in buy the WWE product. Vince comes back in as creative and no one would ever watch the show again. Yeah. I mean, if the Saudis buy it, you might get people like your Sami Zayn's and your Kevin Owens basically saying, well, fuck this. I'm not going to work for the company anymore. And of course, you know, of course my favorite soccer team, Newcastle is owned by the Saudis. So, you know, I kind of, I mean, that's something different. I mean, I guess it's not really different, but you know, I try to tread the line there, but it's, you know, yeah, you don't know what those wrestlers that don't go to the Saudi shows would end up doing then in that situation. So who knows what the hell will happen there, but I'm in the same boat with you. I mean, if like he's in there cause he wants to maximize his money and cash out being however old, I think he's almost, I think he's 80 years old now. Um, whatever. Like 
if it's behind the scenes, you know, maybe more stuff comes out about Vince now. I mean, who knows with as far as the SEC stuff with his tax filings, with the whole paying the women off for their non-disclosure agreements. We don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe that gets ramped up again. But I know all I know is the one guy that did the internal investigation got voted off or got taken off the board. And I mean, this is what happens when, like I said, I don't know everything about the stock stuff. But when Vince still has the majority shares, he can do this kind of stuff. But I'm 100% there with you, Cam. I mean, like, as long as creative doesn't get touched, as long as we keep getting the better TV we've gotten over the last few months with Triple H in charge, it doesn't really affect me at all. Um, you know, you said there's the Saudis, there's been rumors of Comcast, NBC, Universal, Fox, Amazon, who knows? Um, maybe, you know, Time Warner tries to get back involved in the wrestling business. Maybe they're a group right there. Um, it'll be interesting. And you know, for anybody that's got WWE stock, do you still have stock, Cam? No, I sold it all. I I don't own anything anymore. I sold all that crap. I did my couple of years of trying to fancy myself a, a stock person, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm out. <laughs> nice. All right, yeah, but yeah, if you're somebody that's got stock, you know, you get it's already gone up since this was all coming back and announced, so it'll be an interesting year, at least behind the scenes, and who knows, maybe Vince does try to take over creative, and who knows, maybe there's, I don't know, I doubt there'd be a locker room mutiny, but... Um, we'll see. Vince wasn't backstage at SmackDown on Friday. I guess if you start seeing reports that Vince is showing up backstage again at shows, that's when you probably have to worry about him getting reinvolved in the creative process. But, I mean, Triple H apparently has got stuff set already for Mania. He's got most of the Mania card, like, ready to go already. Um, apparently there's still the contingency plans for who knows what's going to happen with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Uh, they've been showing a lot of Cody Rhodes vignettes over the last couple of weeks, kind of hyping up his return. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the Rumble. And then I guess the other day, the WWE casually uploaded The Rock's return from, I believe, 2011 to their um, to their YouTube page. So that was just casually dropped there with the Royal Rumble logo in the corner. Uh so, you know, lots of speculation everywhere. There's been talk about them adding a new belt to Monday Night Raw after the uh, after WrestleMania to get uh, either after WrestleMania or before to have it determined at WrestleMania. So that's there to possibly look into. Um, are you leaning one way or the other yet, Cam, about if you think The Rock's going to be there or not or if we're going to have Cody and Roman instead? I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, everyone in the, the movie industry has kind of been crapping all over The Rock the last week because he didn't promote that super pets movie and heaven forbid there be a tequila bar at a movie premiere because the movie's pg-13 i'm like because 99 percent of the people attending aren't 21 years old and because kids have never seen their parents drink before obviously yeah obviously um so i don't know i mean if you watch young rock it kind of hints that he's gonna come back to the wwe i mean i always feel like the rock was that guy that I didn't want to say shit on the WWE, but when he left, he left. I mean, he came back and did his one match. He did his two matches with Cena. He did the thing with punk. Um, but that's three matches in what 12 years, something like that, give or take um, three matches in 12 years. I mean, Cena's coming back every year, Batista's come back. You know, all the guys that kind of went <laughs> Hollywood have come back except the rock. So I kind of feel like the rocks almost backed himself into a corner where um, if he wants to come back, he, he might need it. It'll get him some good PR. It'll get him <clears throat> back in the good graces with WWE. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of fans across the world that consider the rock, the best wrestler of all time, or at least their favorite wrestler of all time. 
So The Rock coming back, not even a full-time capacity, even let him come back and do the stuff with Roman. And if he if he's feeling it, if he's liking it, kind of like Stone Cold did, have him come back. Everyone on that roster is brand new for him. Literally every single person. There's not one person on that roster he's wrestled before. So um, it would all be brand new. And, you know, at this point, I'd say yes, just because I feel like if The Rock really didn't want all these stories leaking out about the movies and all that stuff that he didn't plan on coming back and getting a huge payday from Triple H. Yeah, I mean, The Rock hasn't said anything about it yet. I think that's part of the thing where it keeps it nice and coy, where it's like, okay, all right, if he's not really going out there and saying anything about it, he's like, he's not throwing the hints out there at all whatsoever. You know, it makes me think, you know, it's just weird wrestling speak. It makes me think it's probably more and more likely. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I think it's one of those things I'll be interested to see, though. Does that mean he's going to be in the Royal Rumble? Because technically he'd have to win the Rumble in order to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania unless you do something weird where, you know, Sami Zayn wins the Rumble and says, I want to fight you in my hometown of Montreal at Elimination Chamber instead. You could always get around it that way. Um, but I, I'm kind of still leaning toward The Rock. I mean, like I said, these Cody Rhodes vignettes are doing nice and building them back up. Um, but I could see that, that being leading to a whole new scenario, even though the one I saw on SmackDown this past week pretty much talked about him wanting to win the WWE Championship. So... Who the heck knows? I mean, I still think they could have done a while ago where they split the belts and gotten one of them off Roman. But I guess if creating a new title is going to be the way they want to go, I guess I'd be okay with that too, as long as there's some kind of like tournament for it instead of just handing it to somebody like Triple H did. They did it with Triple H in the world title in 2002, but I'm pretty sure they've learned lessons like that. Hopefully with Triple H in charge now, even he would realize that'd be a stupid thing to do. But yeah, I'm leaning still towards I think it's going to be The Rock. Uh, I'd probably say I'm like about maybe 70-30 that I think it's The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Um, speaking of WrestleMania, we had some interesting developments uh, take place a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. We uh, didn't really talk about it, like I said, because we did our year-end awards show last week. But we had Charlotte Flair return and beat Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship after Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey excuse me, defended the title against Raquel uh, Gonzalez. So afterwards, Charlotte comes out, challenges Ronda to a match, and beats her within, like, I think it was a couple minutes. And boom, Charlotte is all of a sudden now a 14-time champion, which is just, every time I hear that or see that anywhere, I just kind of laugh and go, it's amazing that she's been champion 14 times and has been on the main roster for, what are we at now, like, five, five six years, I think? Maybe, no, six, because this is WrestleMania 39, and she was at... 32 so seven years we're getting we're closing it on seven years and it's like geez really 14 times it just goes to show you how much they cared about booking the women's division with vince in charge just hot shotting the titles back and forth where i'd rather see somebody like bianca belair who's had this long tolerating now over on raw and you know yeah ron ron actually had a pretty long reign. yeah she lost it to live once but then got it back so you know that wasn't too bad but I kind of throws things into a loop for where everybody thought was going to be going for WrestleMania because the rumor forever was Ronda and Becky, but apparently Becky doesn't want thinks that match should have been done one on one at WrestleMania 35, which is right. So she doesn't want to do the match anymore, which is true because there's pretty much no heat behind it whatsoever. Uh, so that makes sense. So they did Ronda versus Charlotte at Mania last year. I don't think they want to go back to that well. And who knows what they're going to do on Raw. I mean, if it was up to me personally, I still think, like we talked about it before on the show, that Rhea Ripley's had pretty much the best year out of any woman on the last roster, or at least like the best last few months. I should say year. The best last few months of everybody on the roster. And I really think it should be built up to her winning the Royal Rumble. So 
I, you know, you could do Rhea and Bianca. There's history there. Um, you know, they had the final two in the Royal Rumble when Bianca won it two years ago. And then I don't know what that leaves you on SmackDown with Charlotte. Do you go back to Charlotte uh, Ronda? Do you have Charlotte Becky, um, Charlotte Bailey? I don't know. And then even if like, Becky and Ronda aren't in those matches, what do you do with each of them for a match going forward? Uh, it's definitely interesting because there's so at, we're finally to a point now where there's actually so many good pieces in the women's division between all those women I just mentioned. You still got Oscar around. You still got, like I said, mentioned Bailey, Io Shirai, Alexa Bliss just turned heel on Raw this past Monday. Uh, there are so many good pieces in this women's women's division that you could make an argument there should be at least four or five women's matches at WrestleMania. So what do you think, Cam, as far as this whole women's division goes on the WWE and where everything's headed? I mean, I agree. I think we all still stand firm that I think Rhea should win the Rumble, and I mean, maybe just send her over to SmackDown. I mean, I know she's with she's with Judgment Day and things like that. And even if she doesn't beat Charlotte, I think that she deserves a world title match at WrestleMania. So you could do a one-off where she shows up on SmackDown and challenges Rhea, or excuse me, challenges Charlotte. Um, or you could have her win the Rumble and challenge uh, Bianca. I mean, now that Charlotte's back, I piques my interest with the Rhea Charlotte match. I think they could. You know, have a have a woman hog 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 fight. You know, like two strong women that they can go around and beat the crap out of each other. I think that's that's an interesting uh, idea. But if you want to keep them on Raw, um, and Rhea still win the Rumble, you could try have her challenge Bianca, and then you kind of, I mean, you don't want to go back to Charlotte Rock. Uh, Ronda Rousey for Rumble. You just had the match on SmackDown. Charlotte beat her pretty convincingly. Um, then that kind of leaves a hole. Like, do you bring someone up? Is Raquel Gonzalez going to come up and, and take on Charlotte? Who knows? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of interest. And instead of, you know, years ago where they're having 20 woman match and gimmick matches and all this stuff, they have a legitimate gripe to have a few um, great singles matches. I mean, I could even see them doing Becky versus Bailey, just a, just a woman's Iron Man match or something like that. One, like a 30 minute Iron Man match. On one of the nights, I mean, it's a two-night show, so you stretch out seven, eight matches on each night. You could easily fit in a 30-minute 30, 30 Iron Ironman match. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of unanswered questions, and you know, we always talk about on the podcast when there's unanswered questions and there's good intrigue and there's good possibilities. That's only a good thing for the women. Yeah, I agree. It's a good thing for the women. It's a good thing all around because, like I said, there's so much question and intrigue just going into all of WrestleMania with the whole product. I mean, we talked about how the rumor of a Lesnar-Gunther match at WrestleMania and the cards being there. You know, you don't know what they're going to do with Sami Zayn. You don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Owens, the Usos. And we just talked about Roman Reigns and The Rock. Um, there's just so much to question. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. There's no clear path for either of them at rest anybody at this point at WrestleMania. And of course, we're just getting into Royal Rumble season, so that's part of the reason why. But it's intrigue in a good way. And we also saw Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns on that same SmackDown lose to John Cena and Kevin Owens. John Cena being very protected. I think he did maybe, you know, the five moves of doom, but he didn't do much. I'm sure he didn't want to do that much. Um, so he was there, him and his bald spot in the back of his head, all there to shine for everybody. Um, so we have Cena back. He's apparently rumored to be doing a WrestleMania match against either Logan Paul, if he can recover, or Austin Theory. Um we had Roman Reigns kind of go off on Sami Zayn last night at the beginning of SmackDown, but then at the same time afterwards apologized to Sami Zayn and then you know, kind of being cool and watching the Usos defeat the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre team for to retain the tag team titles. So that angle is still going on there. We don't know what's going to happen with it. 
Um, any of those John Cena matches, Cam, interest you between either Logan Paul or Austin Theory? I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, I think Logan Paul has impressed his few matches. And this is no like disrespect to him, but I don't want him and Cena. I don't think it's the right match. I don't think it's the right idea. Um, I mean, even trying to quote fantasy book in my head about how they would get there. Logan Paul could be cocky and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just don't, I just don't really want it. I don't really see it. I mean, Cena, Cena's a good wrestler. He hasn't been in the ring very often for very long. So both of them kind of need to be led. Um, Cena would lead Logan Paul, and I think that wouldn't be a very good match. Uh, there would obviously be nothing to gain from it. I mean, assuming Cena beats Logan Paul, what does Logan Paul gain out of that? He's come to the WWE. He's had a tag team match with The Miz, which he won. He beat Miz after that. He won. Then he lost to Roman. Assuming he wrestles Cena, he loses to Cena. Where does his character really go from there? I mean, unless they're doing some sort of character arc where he loses it or maybe even brings in his dorky-looking brother and they want to do some stuff. Um, I think there's no, there's no real win-win there for Logan Paul. And on the other hand, if you do Cena theory and Cena beats theory, at least Theory's getting that rub and you know, chairman's not with us today. And I mentioned before theory has grown. I think trip, I think triple H saw in theory what Vince saw, but triple H is more inclined to truly understand triple H is obviously younger than Vince. Vince is completely out of touch. Um, Triple H gets it, I think, and I think Theory's presentation the last few weeks, last few months have been a lot better. So if you do have Theory, you know, let's say he drops the title to Rollins or something, because I don't think they'll do Theory-Cena for the U.S. title. Um, if you do the one-on-one -on -one match, I think that's a better match for someone who's on the roster every single week instead of two part-timers wrestling each other where the winner, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, agreed. Um, I would definitely want to see that without the U.S. title involved because the way Triple H, I mean, of course, the way the Triple H has built up the U.S. title, he may keep it like that, too, because he gets seen in a big time U.S. title match. I don't know, um, but I'd be fine without it. Like you said, it's Seth Rollins. I don't mean if is Gunther still going to be Intercontinental Champion uh, when he faces Brock Lesnar, you're going to have Brock go for the Intercontinental title. That'd be kind of funny. Uh Gunther is facing Braun this week for the Intercontinental title, but I don't know if Braun's actually, I doubt Braun's actually going to beat him for it if I had to take a pick. Um, yeah, so like I said, there's Cena there. We had Charlotte back. Um, they're on Raw. They continue to hype the return of Cody Rhodes, you know, him basically doing these vignettes that makes it seem like he's going to be coming back sooner rather than later. Um, definitely a lot of intrigue as far as, uh, what's going to happen. Do you still think Cam, they're probably going to do now that we think Roman's going to probably face Cody or rock is going to be the Usos against Sami Zayn and KO at WrestleMania for the titles? I mean, yeah, I, th I think that when I mean, we've, we've tried to, we've tried to talk it into fruition about, about Sammy winning the rumble and Sammy fucking beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think it would just be the hugest pop. Um, it would just shock the wrestling world. It would give the WWE a huge boost, I think, in my opinion, that where even if you had some AEW casuals who, you know, I don't care. They don't watch wrestling. They've watched wrestling for less than five years. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They would get those fans talking. It would send shockwaves. I mean, I don't think they have the balls to do it. But if Triple H, I mean, if there's one guy in creative for, for the WWE and one guy who knows that you got to take chances. He took chances on NXT. He took all those chances, signing all those guys, and it paid off for years. Um, the payoff would be fantastic, and you'd have a whole another story to tell. This can continue. Um, Roman could go away for a little bit. Sammy could be the champion, 
and you know he could face solo for the title he could do all kinds of stuff um you could keep the story intertwined for a while i mean i just i don't think they're going to do it because as much as we all love Sami Zayn, and i think as much as Sami Zayn deserves praise and awards for his performance the last 12 months um him and kevin owens dethroning the usos who have been tag team champions for however long forever as well um would be a good moment as well you get them you get the band back together as you would say and then they could challenge they could wrestle sheamus and drew mcintyre which would be amazing they could wrestle other tag teams that'll be a fresh matchup so i mean ultimately i think that's the route they go um, I assume Sammy's probably going to get kicked out after the Rumble. I feel like Sammy's either going to eliminate one of the Usos or he's going to eliminate Solo from the Rumble, and that'll probably be kaputs for him, you know? He'll be taken out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, if The Rock's going to happen, I think Roman's wrestling on both nights, and I don't know how exactly we're going to get there because we don't really have a, quote, authority figure to come on there and say, Roman, you're wrestling both nights. Um, and as a heel character, why would Roman want to wrestle the rock Saturday and then Cody on Sunday or vice versa? But at some point we're going to get there. Um, I just don't know how. Yeah. And again, like we've just said, we've been saying time and again, the intrigue is what makes this, uh, even better. So on the WWE side, it's one good thing that we like to see is that we'll be talking about this pretty much every week from now until WrestleMania, how this card's going to play out. And it's always an exciting time for them. We talked about last year's mania being one of the better manias in recent memory, probably since either like 30 or 31. Um, and this year I think just has the potential to top it with a potential rock match, a potential Steve Austin match, um, a hyped up. Uh, Cody Rhodes match, Brock match, you know, all these guys being separated out finally where they can have good matches and the two night thing probably coming into being a positive at this point. So definitely, definitely looking forward to that. So that's pretty much everything on the WWE side of things. So over at AEW, we have going on there. We've got MJF uh, possibly defending the AEW World Championship against Brian Danielson in a 60 minute Ironman match at full gear, which. I think, Cam, you and I had the same reaction when we saw that this past Wednesday on Dynamite. Eh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'd rather see Daniel or Brian Danielson wrestle a paper bag for 60 minutes than MJF. I mean, I tweeted out, I love MJF. His character development the last year and a half has been fantastic. The guy's, you know, probably a top two, top three talker in all of wrestling right now. Um, he earned that AEW title. He is one of the few original AEW guys who have actually broken through. I talked about Ricky Stark starting to break through and stuff, but non non WWE guys or non new Japan guys that Tony Khan brought in MJF was brand new to most of the wrestling world. Yeah. And for uh, anybody, by the way, real quick, that is new for listening to us on PW mania. When this, when AEW started, Cam was one of the biggest MJF haters that we had. And he's done a 180 on him completely since then. I've done a 180 only be well, I wouldn't even just call it a 180. I'd say a 90 degree turn. 90 degree, okay. <laughs> 90 degree turn simply because his character work is great. I mean, I think he takes the cheap the cheap heat shots too much. The fucking showing the Russell Wilson Super Bowl from like 15 years ago, um, video and that stuff. You know, it's, it's cheap. I think he's better than that. Um, he still can't wrestle. He cannot wrestle. I've seen him wrestle in person one time, like five, six, seven years ago, something like that. He can't do it. You know, he tweeted out at the end of the year, he wrestled, I think, four or five times total in 2022. There is a reason for that. And that's not an arrogant, like, I don't have to wrestle. No, my friend, it's because you can't wrestle. 
you are more of an actor, you're more of a character, you're more of a mouthpiece. The matches you have are not good. The match with Punk was not good at all. Um, the match with Moxley wasn't very good at all. Um, and you're talking about two of the top pro wrestlers in the business today. Um, Brian Danielson, you know, he can wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime. But the idea of these guys going one hour is not only comical, it's already going to tell you that they're going to just, it's going to be smoke and mirrors. MJF's going to rest. MJF's going to hit him with the diamond ring to get a cheap pin. They're not going to have a Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, WrestleMania classic. They're not going to do anything like that because MJF simply can't do it. Yeah. And of course, you know, it hasn't been helping MJF how he's talking about him being this big draw and, Ratings have been down over the last couple of weeks, and actually this past Wednesday's rating was the least watched for in a while. I think like 870,000. The demo was one of its worst it's been since they started. And it doesn't help, you know, I understand it's his character that MJF said he's going to have a long, boring championship reign. So, like, if you're a viewer watching that, I can, okay, well, why why should I watch? And I know MJF still isn't the best wrestler, but he definitely has to be wrestling more than he is because like you said, only wrestling four or five matches a year, it doesn't really help him improve at all. And being champion, you know, yeah, Roman Reigns doesn't wrestle every single, uh, every single month, but he's on there on TV doing more stuff than MJF has done so far as champion. And I'm 100% with you. Like I, like you said, I understand it's Danielson. We understand that he's one of the greatest wrestlers of our generation. One of the greatest in-ring wrestlers of all time. But, you know, him and MJF, I just don't think if MJF, I'm with you, can kind of bring what's needed to the table because, I mean, this is 60 minutes. I mean, Danielson's done 30 minutes with Omega. He's done 30 minutes with uh, Paige. And those were all great matches because those guys are better than MJF. And uh, it's something that you look forward to all those matches. But at the same time, you know, it's Danielson, MJF on pay-per-view really going to build up for what everybody wants. Is this going to do a decent pay-per-view draw because people want to see MJF wrestle 60 minutes? I think it's a thing where you got to have a strong card to support this because it's tough to watch a 60 minute Ironman match on TV. It's tough to pay for a 60 minute Ironman match on pay-per-view. And you know, it's one of those things where they have to keep the crowd in it the entire time because again, they're there for 60 minutes and it's like, okay, we've got to keep their attention this whole time. We can't have this crowd die. So it's a lot to ask for MJF inside the ring, building up to uh, building up to this likely match that's going to take place at full gear. And then, of course, we have the rest of AEW. We've got the finals between the Young Bucks and the Elite, or Mega against Death Triangle taking place in a ladder match. I'm still, like I said, I still think it's hurt them more than helped them. I don't care how amazing these matches are, but doing the same match time after time, seven times, is not something, especially when it's pretty much week after week. They had a break this week because Kenny was in Japan fighting Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, the cat, yeah, your hardcore AEW viewer might be like, oh, yeah, this match is awesome, 15 stars. But your casual viewer is like, oh, these guys are fighting again. Like, it's one of those things where how do we need to attract newer viewers? Oh, these guys keep fighting and I'm fighting. Okay, like, all right, fine, whatever. And, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, the Bucks seem to be, you know, their matches, these last few matches, if you look at the ratings, drop off a little bit every single time they come on. And, of course, the one week after they had the, like, the least watched main event in AEW Dynamite history, they casually put themselves on first, which is normally the highest rated segment of the show. But don't tell an AEW diehard fan that because... That will just be the end of them. So, uh, who do you who are you picking here in this final match here, Cam, to win the trios titles? 
first of all, this best of seven has been the biggest. You have no idea what you're doing. You couldn't be any less humble um, series of matches in the history of pro wrestling. Um, I joked about when they first started, what's the end game? Are they, is Tony Khan going to come out this Wednesday after the last match and introduce the six man tag team titles where all six of these guys are now in a stable together and they're going to face, um, you know, best friends combined with, you know, another tag team or something along that. Cause what's the end game, man, who cares? Um, you mentioned that they opened up the show because they know no one, no one cares anymore. And like the most hardcore elite fans have to know deep down inside. This was so stupid. They should have did a best of three. They should have stretched it out every single week. I mean, sure. They've changed spots here and there, but it's just a spot fest, man. Um, I honestly think Pac deserves better than this. It's kind of just been whatever. And we know what's coming. We know Kenny's going to bring the IWGP United States title to, to Los Angeles this week. We know they're going to win the trios title. They're going to have, they're going to walk around thinking the trios title means nothing. The trios title, in my opinion, has as much weight as the 24 seven title did. It means jack shit. It doesn't mean anything. Um, it's just a reason for, to get the bucks, um, egos even more inflated. Those guys peaked like five years ago. Now, three or four years ago, they peaked. Um, I don't know. Kenny should be, weaseling his way back up the car to be a challenger for MJF after Danielson's done with them. Maybe they still go that route. Um, but unless they put these titles on death triangle, I think this was completely pointless, completely stupid. And it reminds me of when Jeff Jarrett ran TNA and he made himself the King of the mountain or whatever that match was called. Yeah. I really think death triangle needs the win here. I mean, Kenny and the Bucks should be off. I, like you said, I think you said, or somebody I follow on Twitter, I don't think, actually, now I don't think about it, I don't think it was you, but I'm sure you probably agree that Kenny, like you just said, Kenny needs to get away from the Bucks as quickly as possible. I mean, Kenny is somebody who, when he's a serious one on one wrestler, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I haven't been able to watch the Osprey match yet, but from enough people I trust have said it's such a great match that it goes to show you that he gets away from the Bucks and he's able to go to Japan and do this stuff that he's great. So it's really one of those things where I think you need to have Death Triangle win this Wednesday and then have Kenny kind of like do like, a, I don't know if you want to do it on Rampage or afterwards or, you know, do a BTE segment, which we're supposed to realize what happens every single week and just be like, listen, guys, I, I need a break from you. I need to refocus my career and go back and try to, like you said, go after a singles title. Hell, maybe take a run at the TNT title. You know, maybe do something like that. Go after an All-Atlantic title. Win one of the secondary titles in the company and build yourself back up to be a world champion contender. I mean, they don't do the rankings anymore because they realize that they were just having battle royals every single week or ladder matches to determine the winner. We're not really paying attention to the rankings. But have Kenny start building himself back up in a singles run. Have him start feuding with other guys on the roster like your Samoa Joes or um, maybe who knows if Adam Cole's ever going to get cleared again. Have an Adam Cole match, you know. Your Darby Allens, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you need to have Kenny Omega doing. Like you said, not doing cool insider shit with the Young Bucks who, I mean, I've never been a big Young Bucks fan. I'll give them the credit from time to time. But, yeah, it's just like, okay, like, I get it, you guys, whatever. Like, you do the same shit over and over again. You drop insider terms. You know, that stuff kind of peaked years ago, like you said. Uh, we did have, like I said, I mentioned Darby Allen winning the TNT title from Samoa Joe in his hometown. What are your thoughts on that, Cam? 
I mean, a nice actual little surprise from Tony Khan. Um, Samoa Joe has been on a good run. Um, I like that idea. I mean, I feel like Tony Khan really got away from from AEW originals for a long time. Talk about MJF, you know, shining through and Ricky Starks is starting to shine through. Uh, Darby Allen was a fan favorite. He was a lovable underdog. He was the average guy. He was, you know, this punk rock skater dude that a lot of people who casually watch wrestling or watch wrestling know. You know, they respected him. He was an outcast. You know, wrestling fans probably can can you know, relate to that kind of stuff. So I feel like them actually giving him a shine and what really needs to happen. And I think this will elevate Darby Allen's character is that he separates from sting. He beats down sting and he successfully defends the TNT title against sting at revolution. I think that's would do wonders for his career. You get him away from sting. You let sting kind of just fade into the background because I feel like all of that nostalgia has completely worn off. Now, if you want to keep sting backstage to help with booking or, you know, help agent matches or whatever you want to do, or maybe maybe have him be on TV every once in a while, I'm completely fine with that. But I think Darby separating himself from sting and then beating sting in a match is the best thing for not only AEW, but it's the best thing for Darby Allen gives him more credibility so that when he goes and faces other guys um, for the TNT title, he has more of a layer of his character. And he's not just this like recluse guy who uh, used to sleep in his car. Yeah, it's definitely like you said, I agree with you. The big push, we got titles pretty much on actually all on AEW originals now with MJF being world champion, um, Darby Allen, TNT champion, Jamie Hayter, the women's champion and the acclaimed tag team champions. Uh, I, 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 Orange Cassidy, the all Atlantic champion, I believe too. So, I mean, again, AEW and an AEW original, there defending that title whenever it's convenient to put that title on TV. Um, so yeah, it's a smart move for them to kind of go back and do that. I agree with you going back to originals, not letting the, uh, the WWE intakes uh, go ahead and have all the titles and book them in the top programs. Uh, we also had, you know, the rumor about who's going to be Soraya's tag team partner uh, on Dynamite this past, uh, this coming up Wednesday was kind of sort of settled. Maybe she announced uh, that Tony Storm was going to be her tag team partner with all the speculation that it could have been uh, Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet, however you want to say, uh, whatever name you want to have her to go by. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker did kind of give a wink and a nod when she said she was the boss of AEW during that one sit-down promo, during the sit-down promo. So who knows with that? Uh, but most, some reports are saying that, you know, a lot of people are like, some are saying, you know, well, it would be dumb for it to be Sasha because she's going to do a one-off and not going to appear on every single, uh, you know, appear full-time for AEW. It wouldn't make sense for AEW. Um, there are some people that are convinced that it's still her, some that are convinced that it isn't. So who the heck knows at this point? But they officially announced that it's on the Dynamite match graphic that is Tony Storm. So maybe she can make a one-off appearance. But again, I don't know if it would be the smart thing for AEW to do if you know she's not going to sign full-time with them. Why promote her on her, their show if she's going to go? She's wrestling Kyrie in Japan. Uh, she did debut at Wrestle Kingdom and unfortunately uh, did not have a very good debut, if you ask me. I mean, her promo was still WWE style where she was expecting reactions and didn't get any. And then, of course, that finisher was kind of botched at the end there, too. So not the best of debuts for Mercedes. Um, I'm, I'm now leaning in the camp that I don't think it's going to end up being her this Wednesday, especially that they announced it. And again, I the point that if she just wants to be a freelancer and do stuff in Japan and not be on AEW full-time, it kind of makes the most sense. But are we going to get a Sasha slash Mercedes appearance on Dynamite this Wednesday, Cam? I mean, I 
assumed as much. I mean, maybe throwing in Tony Storm is kind of just their way of, oh, you know, it's not going to be her. I mean, I, at, at this point when I saw that, I still think there'll be some sort of pre-match beat down by Britt Baker on Tony Storm. You know, her, they, they beat up on her a little bit. And then, you know, um, Soraya's like, you know, I don't know who's going to be my partner type of thing. And somehow, some way, Mercedes Monet came from Japan all the way to California. Um and does a one-off, but at the same time, what does that do for anybody? If she's not, I mean, I know AEW and New Japan have a working relationship. Um, I know, I have a feeling that I think Mercedes really wanted to go to Japan to do the stardom thing and all that stuff to really prove she's, quote, one of the best women wrestlers of all time. Um, she went away from the WWE. She could have came back to the WWE. I think she saw there was nothing left for her to really do there. She's wrestled everybody there. Um, she's been through everything you can go through in the WWE. So good for her to go to new Japan and get that casual fan attention and get those people who don't really watch Japan, Japanese wrestling, don't really know what stardom is. That could probably help with their buy rates and things like that. I think she is a draw They're, I believe it's February. They're coming to, to the Bay area here in California to have a show where she'll possibly win the title in her first match, which I think will create the buzz. I think New Japan knows what they're doing. Um, but if she's not signing any contract at AEW, it doesn't make any sense for Tony Khan. But we've seen Tony Khan do dumb shit before. We've seen Tony Khan bring in people that it made no sense. They came in for a week, two weeks. It didn't make any sense. I mean, this is the guy that booked Shaq versus Cody Rhodes. Remember this, okay, a couple years ago. If you're not following along, Shaq wrestled in a match, you know, against Cody in a little tag team match. It was funny. It was goofy. Um, so if she comes in and helps helps um Soraya get a W um and then isn't there the next week or isn't there for two weeks or whatever and she's there every once in a while it doesn't really make sense so I feel like she probably made that decision like I don't want to wrestle in America right now I want to do the Japanese thing let me go overseas let me do this for a year or two and then in a year or two when I've you know conquered all of my goals in Japan and I've eaten all the sushi I can stomach um maybe she comes back stateside and sees where the WWE is, you know, as long as they're not owned by the Saudis or fucking, you know, some other piece of crap company. Uh, maybe she comes back to WWE or maybe she does say, you know what, let's let's try AEW. AEW is still in a good place. All the matchups would be fresh. Um, I would like to see her wrestle Britt Baker at some point. So I think that would be a good match. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see it happening. But at the same time. I feel like she doesn't want to take away from her New Japan debut, doesn't really want to take away from her stardom match that's coming up, and it doesn't logically make sense for her to come into AEW because I feel like if she was going to do AEW, she should have did AEW first and then um, showed up in New Japan. I know she couldn't do anything until the first, right? Was that her no-compete ended on the first? Yeah, or I believe so, yep. Okay, so, I mean, I guess they couldn't have done it backwards, but, I mean, I feel like she wants to do the Japanese thing. I think she wants to be a, quote, pure wrestler, get away from America for a while. Like I said, eat as much sushi as you can stomach, wrestle all the matches over there that she can have because they'll all be brand new. And then a year or two, we'll revisit and see where she is. Yeah, I saw she already made the traditional Japanese trip to Ribera Steakhouse the other day. Uh, so she's got that under her belt already. But yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I mean, it wouldn't make, like you said, Tony Khan's done dumb stuff. So it wouldn't make sense for them to even have it as a one-off and have her come in. If she's wrestling at full gear, she wrestles Dr. Britt Baker at full gear, then leaves. That also wouldn't make sense. So I think, yeah, it would be in the best interest to her just kind of do her Japanese stuff. I mean, it helps. I mean, you know. 
I like Sasha, but yeah, and the Sasha army is going to come out and probably watch her on AEW. But it, it makes sense from a New Japan standpoint because you can get new eyes on their whole product. Where I, you know, I don't think you're going to get that many new viewers if you're AEW if she shows up there on Dynamite. Where for New Japan, it's a thing where like, okay, like there are people that probably haven't watched this before. Okay, now they're going to buy tickets to our show. Or they're going to watch us online. You know, subscribe to our streaming service. That makes the most sense for them. Where it really wouldn't make that much sense for AEW, I think. Excuse me. Going forward. Uh, all right. So that is our show for this week. We will be back next week to talk about anything else that goes on in the world of pro wrestling. Maybe Vince McMahon does something crazy in the next week with all this investor stuff. And if it is, we will be there to talk about it as we start the road to the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania season. So for my co-host Cam, I am Justin C. Signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>